I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Ducky? Well, this is Russ Morm Cast. How y'all doing? <laughs> I love, I love the the warm opens. This is lukewarm. I'm Luke, aka Travis. <laughs> that was hi, good, right? Tom? Hi, Travis. I'm Tom. That was very good. <laughs> and today we have special guests: drink a beer, play a game. Brian, Jim, how you doing? How's it going, bud? Glad to be back. Uh, still hate you for Lady and Leotard with a gun. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us again. Travis, your intros are getting better. It's been so good since you've taken over those. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I practice. I stand in the front of the mirror for a few hours a day just practicing my intros. So, you know. That was good. You forgot yeah. your name wasn't Luke this time around uh, but oh yeah well you know. pretty good <laughs> uh well, the most important part of the show how's your week oh See, then, then then you're supposed to, the participation Come right on. right you help well, me, Tom. okay hold on hold on you're going a little <laughs> fast now okay drink a beer play a game thank you very much for joining us connor's not here mike's not here but it doesn't matter because we have handsome men in the room with us um and as travis says um, the most important the show important part of the show is plug your podcast first. Chambers, you do the honors. Of right. course. So uh, <laughs> Twitter, add a beer in a game, uh, Facebook and Instagram, drink a beer and play a game, youtube.com slash drink a beer and play a game official, as if someone else is gonna take it. Uh, Twitch and Spotify and iTunes, uh, all drink a beer and play a game. Click for the Power Hour podcast, look through all of our links, you'll find that there. Uh, new episodes come out every Friday, and then we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash drink a beer and play a game. So you can ask questions every week. You can do video game review requests like our dear friend Travis did. You can do bonus <laughs> episodes, bonus episode review requests, uh, and just bonus content in general. So we have a lot of stuff out there. We also have a Discord. Uh, you can check the socials to find the links to all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah remember- just search drink a beer and play a game. You'll find us eventually. Remember, if you w- listen to one episode of a podcast, you have to go and become a patron. It's only fair. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Tra- Tra- that, that's the note. way we like it. <laughs> take note. Uh, you hear what Jim did? He killed it on the plug. That's oh, good. come on. All right. I know <laughs> all of our I'm uh, just, phone numbers. We're still breaking you in. Do you have the police's phone number? Just in case someone's not paying you on Patreon? <laughs> I'm like a catcher's mitt. You really got to beat the shit out of me to get me broken in. You know? Right, It's right. been five years. <laughs> five years of this shit. Okay. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> he's, falling out of, uh, he's falling out of his apartment onto the Portland streets, probably uh, probably fine, on a mountain yeah, of I'm dead right. bodies, heroin addicts. All right, so now I do the thing, right? Like, uh, no, how's yeah. your week? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brian, why don't hey, you go, man? No, it's it's been good, man. Uh, as Jim said, 
please follow us on the podcast. We just talked about it. I just completed Resident Evil 4 Remake. So for those of you who are survival horror fans, it's a great little game. Um, and I am currently loading up on various types of IPAs because uh, in May we run a little challenge called No IPA May. Um, it's just an excuse to put down the IPAs, which is the only beer you can goddamn find in beer stores anymore, especially in our lovely PA and, uh, explore other styles. And, uh, Travis, you actually submitted last year, a very awesome picture. So it's Wait, very did I simple. Send you guys my penis. Yeah, that was the awesome picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> it it is why you got the shrimp, package. It had a oh. little shrimp on the end of it, oh. it but, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's been going well. We've been doing it for the past two years, and it's very simple. If you just want to enjoy a beer that's not an IPA, just tag us and hashtag No IPA May, and you may win shirts, clothes, and pictures of Travis's peen. Whatever, whatever you want. Hey, I didn't. I didn't. We're not doing that cross promotion <laughs> yet. I mean, <laughs> it's the fine it's print. Coming. It's coming. I mean, there is no fine print. Don't worry. <laughs> but Jim, what's that, going I've on, man? How's How about you guys? Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, I got ridiculously blackout drunk over the weekend, and I don't remember most of it. So that that's always an accomplishment. I wound up going to the uh, the Dick Show WATP uh, live show in Philly that just happened. And yeah, I remember until about 10 o'clock, and I thought I just fell asleep on the toilet and got kicked out and sent home. But apparently <laughs> I was there the entire time. But I did <laughs> fall asleep on the toilet and get kicked out. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was good then. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the first time that's ever happened to me either. So. It's not. That's a perfectly responsible action for a thirty-seven-year-old man. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I might have done that in my twenties, but we're thirty-year-olds now. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good thing. I'm just saying it's the thing that happened during the past week. That's the only story I have. I think if you, have, if you have at least one credit card that isn't maxed out, and you do that, it's okay. Somehow the credit card's not maxed out. Nothing was lost except for my glasses. So I had keys, phone, wallet, the most important things. So overall, for the for what it was, it was a success. Did just, you do the butt looseness test? Mm. <laughs> I, see, that's no, always kind of just in a state of loose, so it doesn't really matter. I can't really trust that. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> God, I can use some of that. The old loose butt. I haven't pooped in a week. Tom, how's my how's week? It's great. Yeah. Can't poop. <laughs> So I'm I am I'm drinking these IPAs all day. I know you guys talk about what are you drinking right now? And uh mm-hmm. my god, yes, I've been drinking every day. As we talked before the show, the housing market is uh giving me an ulcer. And uh goddamn people with cash. God damn them. <laughs> Sons of bitches. How <laughs> dare they? <laughs> well, this is the perfect house. It needs no updates. It's got a good amount of land. The price isn't crazy. Let me put in 30 over. Oops, someone came in with cash 60 over. Well, I guess I'll go fuck myself. Bro, I we did cash 30 over, and there was a major maintenance thing that we were going to take on. And yeah. as we were told, you're totally going to get this house because they don't want to do this maintenance thing. I was just like, I'll fucking do it. I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I'll put the water together myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, cash. Uh, 10 under. Are you kidding Ooh. me? What? The woman who owned the house just... I don't know what's wrong with people. I just don't know. Kay, so she didn't want to wait for the lender to give her money. I don't even know. Like, I didn't even speak to my real estate agent today. We just... I just was disappointed. She was like, hey, do you want to talk about it? You didn't get the house? I was like, no. 
I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> so wait, Somehow the woman who sold was fault. a woman. It was a woman who sold the house. He said, right. Mm-hmm. So it definitely yeah. came down to a letter. She got sucked in by a letter. Oh yeah. <sighs> I'm so <laughs> mad right now. But um, yeah. Besides having an ulcer and not a house, um, I guess I'm okay. Travis, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I just came back from Eastern Oregon. Legrand, my uh, wonderful girlfriend, took me on a trip to. Uh, it was an abandoned asylum. It was also the first geothermal uh, heated house in the world. It was. Uh, it's called a uh, hot lake in uh, Legrand. Great. I basically I've never been in a hot spring before, and there's a bunch of hot springs on location. It's it's kind of like you're just boiling in hot dog water because everything smells like sulfur. sulfur. <laughs> but it's like so relaxing, you know. You go out there in the middle of the night, like smell like hot dogs. Come back in. Uh, I ate a lot of burgers. <laughs> there was a hot spring cat. That was cool. <laughs> oh, so it was kind of yeah. like a regular week for you, except you just did instead of your bath, you did it in public. Yeah, I didn't have to actually get the hot dog water prepared. It was just coming out of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Travis, how many times have you done This Is My Week and it's been some form of you soaking? Whether it's a bath or going to like some, what, what was that like enclosure you went in before? Oh, oh, the sensory deprivation. Yeah, I love, I just like soaking and floating in things. I feel like that's my natural state, you know, when people say like, oh, what? What's your superhero ability? Oh, I want to fly. I want to become invisible. I just want to float and soak. <laughs> so I am a superhero. <laughs> Full on um, soaker. All right. Well, you're also a reader tonight. So why don't yes, you take us I, to the past? I am. So I brought these boys on for a specific reason, because our uh, we are going to be roasting William Penn. Now... Uh, William Penn has the distinction of being uh, the only founder in the United States that is more recognizable than probably our founding fathers. Now, you might say, I have no clue anything about William Penn. I mean, besides the fact that his name is in Pennsylvania, um, which basically just means William Penn's forest land. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, but you know him. Everyone knows him. When you open your pantry every morning, you see that tubby little face staring down at you. And, you know, he's, he's just happy. He's a good boy. That's right. William Penn is the Quaker Oats man. Oh, no shit. Yep. Yes. Oh. See, us I being Philly boys, we're surrounded by William Penn shit just all the goddamn time. Mm -hmm. I'm the pretty sure, like, Penn. every third grader is forced by law in Philly to go to the William Penn house, and you will completely forget about it. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I went there, and you'll have no memories of it whatsoever. Wait, you guys actually go to, what, Pensbury? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, uh, I remember Creaky Floors. Every t you know, we have a lot of historic houses around Long Island, and they brought us as kids to a bunch of houses. I couldn't fucking tell you. But it was always some lady in a bonnet going, oh, well, something very important happened here. <sighs> and that's, that's the end it. of the conversation. That's it's like the same one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I mean, like, you guys have the Quaker Oats man. Like, I mean, maybe we can start a new state, like a 51st state, where, like, Tony the Tiger is the founder, and then we'd have, like, a cooler state. You know, <laughs> we'd finally have a cool state. Yeah, <laughs> get the Lando um, Lakes bitch on there. I want. Oh, I yeah. want to be from that state. She got canceled though. Did she? 
Yeah. <sighs> they took they took her off the oh. butter. Why? She was because so progressive could, and strong and buttery. You could turn her knees into tits. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, have you seen the Quaker Oats guy had a full facelift recently? He's not on his tubby. Really? No. Yeah, up. have you checked that out? He kind of looks like um like like Brian Cranston now. Doesn't look as like happy drunk uncle. Was well, a fat I, guy now. I'm not well, represented. They definitely they gave him like a modern day filter. Like they they thinned him out. He's not Ew. as rosy. Yeah, He's not, doesn't have that those diabetes cheeks going on. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised they didn't go the other way, make him a little more happier. Yeah, no, they they definitely they toned him the up. This shit? I, I would have never <laughs> known that, and now I guess. Just like Bud Light, I gotta start shooting all my Quaker oats. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to get out there. bullshit. <laughs> and I, I know your pantries are stocked full of Quaker oats. You're from Pennsylvania, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so now, if you do go to Quaker Oats, which is now, funnily enough, owned by Pepsi, it's Pepsi Oatmeal. Uh, they're going to tell you that the Quaker Oats guy, his name is Larry, and that he is not a real person. But in fact. Uh, the Quaker Oats Company copied a famous woodblock of a of a carving of William Penn and used them as the mascot. And they stood behind the fact that William Penn was the Quaker Oats guy until 1909, uh, when they decided to deny the fact that the man on their box that looks like William Penn is not William Penn. Was that the year copyright law like happened? We're starting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, that's a good guess. It was actually because Quaker Oats was not actually founded or run by Quakers. Uh, really? It was founded by a German man named Ferdinand Schumacher, uh, who started Quaker Oats way back in eight, the 1850s and just used the word Quaker because Quaker was synonymous with, like, honesty and clean living. Yeah, mm -hmm. quality, simple life, good stuff, yeah. Oats. It is a great name. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1909, I guess the Quakers had kind of had enough and they were like, you know, because if you go into a meeting hall, one of the Quaker meeting halls, they have pictures of William Penn up and they're kind of pissed. They're like, why is this guy, you know, culturally appropriating our dude? You know? <laughs> so they're like, well, his name isn't William Penn. His name's Larry, the Quaker Oats guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, it's it's one of the earliest forms of copyright. And who would have thunk it came from the Quakers? <laughs> <laughs> They're still waiting for payout, I guess. I know. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they got it. They got a statue at the top of our city hall. They're good. They got their representation. Yeah, what, right, what guys. Statue? So I was gonna say we're we're gonna be talking about the real William Penn tonight, and I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you guys, local uh, brothers of Philadelphia. What do you know about the founder and the namesake of your state? Like you mentioned, they talked about it a lot in school. What, what do you kind of know coming into this? So I'm going to give you the easiest abridged version. Uh, I, I know his father was almost more famous in England. And that part of the reason he even got Pennsylvania was basically it was a debt. Like the king owed his father money. So to pay off the debt he owed his father, um, he gave him Pennsylvania. You actually alluded to that Sylvania means of the like forest or woods. He would, didn't even want it called Pennsylvania. He wanted it called New Wales. Yeah. Um, and then outside of that, that yeah, he was supposed to be a 
puritanical. He wanted to have Pennsylvania almost be like for religious freedom. He was obviously a Quaker. And he actually, this is the part I always screw up. He, he, he kind of like got exposed to that in Ireland or something. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and then basically like he was persecuted in England because of it. Cause if you weren't Catholic or, or, you know, Christian, certain denominations, uh, you were persecuted. So that's part of the whole, like why there's Amish and different segregations in Pennsylvania. And there's this weird, like communities of the Dutch immigrants and their, I forget the Mennonites or whatever the hell they're called. I don't remember all of them. That's why I said it's a very abridged version. I'm not going to act like I actually know what I'm talking about. But those are kind of like the big takeaways I always had from him. It was all about like, you know, that kind of lifestyle. Wow. They mm. actually teach you about the founder of your state. Tom, what's what do you know about Stuyvesant? <laughs> the founder of I New York. Know. I know it was <laughs> New Amsterdam. I know that... Uh, uh, the Straits Matzah factory was shut down a few years ago. And that's about it for New York. Damn. So, yeah, wow. They actually told you quite a bit. Uh, but it'd be interesting to kind of see what the, the school books didn't tell you. That's what I'm hoping to to get into. Um, Jim, did you uh, were you just uh, looking at anime on in a magazine, not on your phone? Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. What are we talking about? <laughs> Good answer. But yeah, the only thing I knew about him was going to just be uh, he founded Pennsylvania and there is like a law in Philadelphia until about the 70s, I want to say, that no building in the city could be taller than the statue of William Penn at the top of City Hall. Oh, yep. and then basically after the first like building went bigger than that, I think it was 83, actually. The first skyscraper like went taller than it. And then we went on a 25 year sports drought. So we called it the curse of William Penn. <laughs> huh. Mm-hmm. So we have four major teams, all four major teams, and all of them did not win for 25 years. So that was 100 seasons straight of just straight losing. Dude, they need to eat more oatmeal. They should have. <laughs> they tried pickle juice. They tried everything. Nothing worked. Not even steroids. <laughs> Damn it. So, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised how much they did tell you about it and the, the fact that he's out there cursing your sports teams. Uh, so William Penn's life... He it is much like it's very much like oatmeal. Uh, it's just kind of bland. It's disappointing. <laughs> and okay. uh, the thing about William Penn and oatmeal is they're both like not really good on their own, but you need to add stuff into them to make them taste good. So you know, like with oatmeal, you put berries and shrimp and cinnamon in it. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's kind of like William Penn. He's, he's just a bland pushover of a person, but he's surrounded by all these crazy changes and flux in, uh, culture and history. But overall, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like Charlie Brown or Doug. He's just like there getting like shit on. <laughs> he's sent to jail multiple times for like the lamest reasons. He's hemorrhaging money. Uh, but it, it's kind of just hilarious how lame he is. <laughs> Good. So so enough about that with our intros. Let's get into William Penn. He was born in 1644 in Tower Hill, London. And unlike himself, who would grow up to be a wet noodle of a man, you know, you, you mentioned, Brian, his dad, uh, William Penn Sr., was actually a badass naval admirable, uh, admiral <laughs> uh, who's 
Yeah, he served in the British Civil Wars, also known as the War of the Three Kingdoms. And this is kind of like a whole another roast, like story for another roast. But I'll kind of sum up kind of what was going on. So basically, you had a meltdown between Catholics and Protestants in England after the English Reformation. Uh, and there were different faction factions going on in this war. And Willie Penn Sr. Uh, was probably not liked very much by any Irishman because he fought for the Protestant Oliver Cromwell. You guys have probably heard about him just being a general rat bag of a man. <laughs> um, so Cromwell won, and uh, Willie Sr. was rewarded with some sizable estates in Ireland. Uh, also, I want to do a side note here. My mom actually was going to name me Oliver, uh, but my 100% Mick grandmother was like, if you name him after Oliver Cromwell, I will actually disown you and... <laughs> And your son. <laughs> like, that's how <laughs> did, much the Irish don't like this guy. Did he, like, subjugate the whole, like, island and cause, like, the potato famine and all that bullshit? Uh, he set the wheels in motion, for sure. <laughs> um, so, Willie Jr. was born smack dab in the middle of this British Civil War and the plundering of Ireland. And shortly after he was born, Willie Sr. sends him and his mother, mothers and sisters to Macoom Castle. In Cork, Ireland. Macoom. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's kind of like my basement. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a certain guy thinking about my lady too much. Yeah. Macoom. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you got to, like, make sure you move your family. Like, you're you're going to buy a house, Jim and Tom. Like, you have to make sure you move in right away or else, like, those fucking hobo Irish are going to show up and just live in your house. You know? I'm expecting yeah, like Brian. <laughs> yeah, we replicate like rabbits, too. So, come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get in there right away. He sends his family over to Ireland. Now, Willie Jr.'s upbringing is pretty typical for an English rich person at the time. You know, it's very secluded, living away in a castle with tutors and French lessons and really boring stuff. He had a pretty bad bout with smallpox, but survived. Um, and actually, William Penn Jr. was the only boy, like Penn child, to survive, or a uh, male child to survive to adulthood. So, hmm. what year was this? Uh, this is like the 1640s, 1650s. Okay. So to him, it was the only kid that counted. Yeah. He, he had, might he as had well a, be an yeah. only child. <laughs> yeah. He had a brother, Richard, but uh, like, you know, he yeeted after like age two. And they're like, oh, no. Wait, he died <laughs> or he was gay? What? Uh, probably both. <laughs> that was probably, yeah, they threw him over the edge of the castle back then, you know? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Meanwhile, while he's doing this boring life of just, like, studying and whatever, his dad is out blowing up shit on the high seas. Uh, he's fighting in the First Anglo-Dutch War. He's sent out to the West Indies and the Bahamas to carry out Cromwell's Western design plan, which was pretty much to conquer the entire Spanish Empire because they were dirty Catholics. Uh, so he's just, like, fighting pirates and blowing other ships up, and his son is just... You know, learn his French. <laughs> um, Just like the old man. Chip off the old block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how disappointing is that? Your dad's out there being a pirate, and you're home learning the, the, the lamest language on the face of the planet. 
That's disgusting. You know, we still like this dead gay son more. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, ah, I should have saved him. I could have taught him French. I prayed, yeah, I, I paid for he this just, tutor in advance. Listen, his dad would have no idea, though, his son would become the face of one of the best breakfast foods out there. That's yeah. true. That'll bring a tear to a dad's eye. <laughs> Aunt Jemima, whoa, man, her dad was proud. Yeah. Sure was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, his dad comes back to Mikum Castle and he's like, oh, this is terrible. I have a sweet, sensitive boy who's interested in religion and, and literature. Uh, <laughs> so I guess stay home, dads. Don't yeah. leave him to the woman all the time. <laughs> uh, so his dad's back off. He's fighting more wars for Cromwell and Cromwell being a complete maniac, uh, Penn has a less than optimal campaign, and so he sends William Penn to the Tower of London for a month to jail, right to jail. Mm. You know, that's what you do when your commander just doesn't win once. <laughs> uh, so uh, he's released uh, after that month, and he resigns his commission as general of the fleet, and then he goes back to Ireland. So now he's like back there. He's I think he's making the dead kid Richard, you know, pumping his wife, whatever. And bam, Oliver Cromwell dies and his son, Richard Cromwell, takes over. And he's like he goes up to uh, William Penn Sr. And he's like, my dad was a real asshole. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to now make you a knight. Welcome to the gentry, William Penn Sr. Hmm. Did he accept it? Uh, Well... He was like, uh, you know what, guys? Fuck you, Cromwells. I, uh, you guys suck. And he went on to back uh, what he called the real king, member of the Stuart family line. This goes back to the whole Civil War, King Charles II. And now this was a good bet because King Charles II eventually kicked out uh, Richard Cromwell. And uh, Charles II comes in, reaffirms William's knighthood, and reinstates him as an admiral and tells him he can keep all of his land in Ireland. Hmm. Nice. paid off. Damn. Yeah. Now, was the senior, so Oliver Cromwell was Puritan. Was William Penn Sr. Puritan as well then? Um, they were both Catholic. So they were, or they were, sorry, they were both Protestants. Protestant, uh, right? For yeah, Church yeah. of England. Yeah, so uh, William Sr. was Protestant. Uh, so was... Uh, King Charles II, he was also Protestant. Okay. Um, now, we'll go back to Willie Jr. here. So, <laughs> William Sr. is kind of seeing that his son is a, a pussy. A little pussy boy. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> this this kid is not going to be fighting, going head-to-head with pirates or, like, you know, manning a galleon. Uh, at best, he's I have a lot of money. He's going to become a lawyer. So... He, at age 15, he sends Willie Jr. Uh, from, he leaves from Ireland and sends him to Oxford College. Now, let's, let's kind of talk. We talked a little bit. I was saying about, like, uh, religion was super important. And we kind of I talked about, like, some of the figures being Protestant. Let's pause for a second and kind of talk about religion at this time. So England under control of Charles II was uh, Charles II was still Protestant. And he was part of the Church of England, which was basically established by Henry VIII so he could leave his wife. He, you know, the, the Catholic <laughs> Church was like, you can't divorce that woman. He's like, well, I'm going to start my own church, Church of England. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and the Church of England is a denomination called Anglican, which is just a, you know, Protestant denomination. Uh, but you've also got some other Protestants in there. So you've got more extreme versions with uh, stricter tenets and everything. Kind of think of the, like, Westboro Baptist-level crazy. And those were the Puritans and the Calvinists. So now, the Puritans were Protestant? Yes. Oh, interesting. They were just, hmm. like, way more strict Protestant. Yeah, I thought they were kind of like a... Uh, regress back to like uh, the stringency of pre Henry the Eighth, you know. Um, I they thought that the Anglicans and the Church of England was too loose with its morals and kind That's of. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. they were trying to become stricter. I mean, uh, they were, they, they were, but they hated Catholics. But they still fell under the umbrella of Protestant. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because like Catholics are stricter than just Protestants, but Puritans just outdo all of them, I think. Yeah. So I always saw Puritans, their whole definition was they, yeah, they were just trying to make wherever they were pure from Catholic influence. Well, like bring it back to Protestant, well, like the basics, basically. Well, it's that. Mm-hmm. And also, Puritans believe in like the physical manifestation of the devil. So, like, they believe that, like, the devil's in the bush telling you not to do, like, they want to purify the land. They're all the witch hunt people and shit like (laughs) that. They're they're far too literal. They don't have a sense of humor. They all have bangs. Kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, they put their belts on their hats. Yeah, they fuck turkeys. I mean, you can kind of think of the Puritans. We all know they left. They became the pilgrims. You can kind of think of the pilgrims as, like, ISIS, like the Muslim caliphate. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know? <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's Muslims that are like, okay, like, we believe in, you know, uh, Allah and all this stuff, and then you have, like, the fucking crazies. And that's the Puritans. Mm. They're so, all crazy. Okay. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got all these Protestants, but then you've got the Catholics, and nobody likes them. They believe in magic, they smell bad, and they're basically Satans. So... We, we don't like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Carries on today. Yeah. <laughs> so the most, for the most part, if you were in England and you saw a guy that was like, hey, I'm a Catholic. How are you doing? I'm the nicest guy in the world. You're going to give him a good old fashioned Jason Statham headbutt, throw him in jail or burn him alive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Damn. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, okay. lucky for Will Willie Jr., he's going to Oxford, which is run by Anglicans. And as we kind of discussed, the Anglicans are not as strict as, like, say, the Puritans. But Willie thought they were too mean. And after two years, after much the disappointment of his dad, he drops out, or maybe he's expelled from Oxford. We don't really know. <laughs> But he basically just goes, writes in his journal about how, like, the Anglican priests are so mean. I don't like them. (laughs) Yeah, I always thought he was kicked out of school. I thought that was a thing. And I didn't know if it was Oxford, but I thought, yeah, kicked out was always a term I thought I'd remembered. But it was interesting because in the book I read, 
I think he went around saying that he was dropped out, but that he dropped out, but he may have been expelled. It was very kind of murky about. It's like you can't kick me out. I quit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, did he write that book himself? That'll be the tell. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Willie Junior does a little bit of the grand tour, where you know rich kids would go to Europe and they travel around, see. I don't know, look at penises on statues and be like, he, he, Catholics. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, this is all while his dad is off fighting on the second Dutch war. And then eventually, uh, Willie Jr. comes back. He goes to London in uh, 1665. And he's going to figure out what law school he's going to go to now that he's been kicked out of Oxford or dropped out, whatever. And wouldn't you know it? London is hit by the big by the last big outbreak of the plague. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Dirty last cat. one. There's been no more since. Well, scholars actually called this one like relatively contemporaries at the time scholars called it London's last dreadful visitation. So, okay. Uh, wrap up. Yeah, nearly a quarter of Londoners died, so that was about oh, 100,000 people. And the city folk decided to murder 40,000 dogs and 200,000 cats to try to prevent the spread of Black Death. So good job. Kill all the mousers and let the rats run free. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy they would go to that. I'm shocked they didn't like hunt down all the Catholics and just blame them again. Well, it's funny that you did that because that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yes. After it was all said and done, they're like, "It's the Catholics. They did it with their, their <laughs> dirty, their dirty popish ways." Yeah, exactly. Like we know who did this. <laughs> it's them with the collars. Get them. <laughs> so little Willie Jr. writes to his dad, who's probably like covered in viscera from a sailor being liquefied by cannon shot. And he's like, Dada, the icky plague is in London. I wanted to continue my law degree, but I simply can't. Where should I go? What shall I do? And his dad is like, ah, fuck this kid. Uh, he's <laughs> never going to get his law degree. So he does kind of like a bring your son to work day thing. And he orders him to come join him aboard the ship and act as a messenger to the king. <laughs> okay. Just like like a producer, you know, like a coffee. Yeah, kid. like yeah, he, yeah. no real, no, not a real job. Yeah. Just like uh, he's here, he's serving. Yeah. you know, right. <laughs> it's like every film set ever where there's like a seventeen-year-old with a clipboard. Yeah, mm -hmm. not sure what they're exactly. doing, and if you ask them, they have no idea either. Yep. <laughs> Just a summer gig. My yeah. walkie-talkie doesn't have batteries. My dad produced the show Blacklist. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly kind of how this went, because this, this little job only lasted a few months until Willie Sr. was like, fuck this kid, I need him off my ship. Uh, and so he's like, I don't know. Uh, Willie Jr., go to Ireland and make sure that I'm collecting rent from all the people that are on my land. Uh, make try to set them up with shittier leases and advocate for me in in Dublin, <laughs> so I can get more land. He's like, so he's basically just like a pro pro property manager, you know. <laughs> okay, uh, he probably got tripped a lot. Oh yeah, like walking door to door. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so wait, so wait, because he had land in Ireland though. 
then was it i assume it's northern ireland uh, where the protestants were no this was this was uh i think cork county is in the irish republic this was long before it is yeah this is long before the the split happened okay, yeah. okay. this uh, is when Oliver reed's resting place yeah this is when the english mm. soldiers were there you know putting their their little clogs on the backs of the necks of the irish and tell them hey this is a potato you're going to really love eating only this <laughs> Sons of bitches. That's why Irish oats are better than Quaker. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever heard of Irish oats. Shut up. Actually, everyone does, Jim. It's one of the, the top rated health things for oats. Is it? Right, I don't look like I know didn't. anything about health. <laughs> That's because you're French. I mean, come on. You're, you're Napoleon Dynamite. Come on. <laughs> ah, name always haunt me. You guys ever do beer and oats? Well, you ever call a, y'all ever call a beer and oat soda? No. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Call them that. Oat soda. Yeah. Drinking the oat, oat sodas. Soda. Nice. I've never heard that, but now I New York thing. That. Mm-hmm. I don't know. First, I heard from my buddy Patty once. It just stuck. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're getting in the car. Just, you want to grab a couple oat sodas for the road? Of course. I mean, we've definitely called those road sodas. Mm. Not saying you would drink and drive because that's completely irresponsible. No, but no. I mean, we were just going to sit in the car. Yeah, of course, <laughs> naturally. Just relax and wait for your buzz to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, By that would be drive five blocks away in reverse. So Yeah, so Willie Jr. was probably not drinking and sailing because he was a very cautious young gentleman and he respected the rules. And he heads back to Ireland. There's a second time, you know, he grew up in Ireland. He's going back to Ireland. Now, we don't really know what happens in his this point of his life because Willie Jr. didn't keep a journal on his first trip there or in the beginning of the first trip there. But he's just acting as a property manager, like I said. We do know there was a massive soldier mutiny in Ireland in 1666. And this was basically because all of these soldiers were stationed in Ireland keeping down the Irish uh, for people like the Pens, and they weren't paying the soldiers for their service. So they were basically starving to death in their barracks, and they were like, why are we doing this? And they started to revolt. We don't know... Why did it take so long for them to revolt? Yeah, right? <laughs> News yeah. travels slow back then. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm hungry. Should we revolt? <laughs> No, it's still coming. Don't worry. <laughs> this oatmeal takes forever. <laughs> so we don't really know how Willie Jr. reacted to this re- revolt, and we don't really know much of anything because he stopped responding to his dad, who was writing him letters like, hey, where's my rent money? What's going on? I hear there's a revolt, and there's nothing. Like radio silence. Well, letter silence. Hmm. So, meanwhile, Willie Sr. returned from his naval campaign in the Netherlands. He's laying down some baby sauce. He'd make another, uh, you know, sister for William Penn. Uh, and, but in the summer of 1666, down on Pudding Lane near the Tower of London, a baker by the name of Thomas Farinor, uh, was baking, who used to bake bread for the Royal Navy, forgot to douse his ovens one night. And the bakery went up in flames, and the next morning, the Lord Mayor, the Mayor of London, saw the fire and was like, ah, a woman could piss that out. That was his quote. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever seen a woman? Have you ever seen him pee? Yeah, that was the next (laughs) question. 
<laughs> I mean, they can't control it. Yeah. Uh, it does just spray everywhere. A 85-foot-tall woman could piss that out. <laughs> <laughs> so the mayor could not have been more wrong because that fire spread and spread until it engulfed almost all of London and the surrounding area. This, cool. would be, this would be called the Great Fire of London, and it was 439 acres of the largest metropolis in the world. <laughs> did it help clean the plague? Uh, yeah, probably did. Probably made it a little crispy. I mean, it got rid of probably a lot of rats, right? Yeah. Maybe. And, you know, if the fleas got big enough during the plague, you basically have shrimp. <laughs> All right. To this shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So during the Great Fire of London, we lost the original Globe Theater where Shakespeare, you know, they rebuilt it. But uh, the original one was burnt in the fire. And the pens, uh, they were like, hey, we have to make sure our valuables are safe from the flames. So William Sr. ordered his servants to dig a pit in the garden and bury their most valuable position, possessions, which was and I'm not making this up. It was wine and Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Very cool. I mean, yeah, they're like, I got this exotic cheese from Italy. You're not going to believe. You grate this son of a bitch up. Oh, man. <laughs> I got the craft stuff. It's got it buried in our front lawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean... Did it survive? Did the giant wheels of cheese survive? Well, the burning. <laughs> the pens were lucky because their house were was spared. Um, but he he still didn't hear anything back from his son in Ireland. He's like, "Hey, I need that rent money because now London's all crispy, and I want to buy some real estate. Where's the rent?" But there was still no response from Willie Junior. Uh, what was he up to out there? William Sr. had heard rumors that his son was engaged in a love affair with an Irish girl, which was probably what Willie Sr. hoped for, seeing how much of a wimp his son was. But the truth was far more scandalous and shameful uh, to the Penn family uh, than shooting some sour cream on an Irish potato lady. <laughs> William Penn Jr. had joined the Society of Friends. He had become a Quaker. And the real reason why Willie Jr. was not responding to his dad is because he was in jail for being a Quaker. <laughs> oh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, you guys have some of the uh, highest population of Quakers in your state. Uh, please tell us what you think of Quakers. Be as bigoted as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I would love Jim. to be racist, but I've never met one. And there, we're, like, we're surrounded by like Quaker, you know, friends meeting kind of places, and like you, you see them all over. They're always like off like a major highway. They're just in the middle of like it's surrounded by like civilization, and then it's like sixteen hundred just for like three acres, and that's all it is. But you like you kind of never see them. You never interact with them. It's it's weird. It's a weird dynamic. Unless you go to like the middle of the state, and that's all you're surrounded by is just like Puritans and Quakers and all the Amish and stuff like that. But besides that, it's weird. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I've actually had interactions with Amish because um, they not they, a good looking they, people, a rough <laughs> people. I mean, they, I, they make some of the best goddamn donuts. If you, if you uh, get to their markets, they do set up in some areas of Philly and they come 
on horse and buggy and they, they set up and I, I mean, they baked the shit out of it, but it's funny because yeah, I don't think I've ever met someone that's been officially a Quaker. It's Amish all day. Hmm. Like, especially if you go out West from, from Philly, um, and like Lancaster or any of those areas, Stroudsburg, it's filled with them. I mean, you're, you're literally have to drive around them all day long and they're out there on their horses. They've even got like, Little, I guess, solar turn signals on those sons of bitches. <laughs> they're, they're high tech. Don't they use flip phones um, now? They're allowed to use flip phones. They can't use smartphones. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I've never seen it, but like, like I said, it is fascinating when I watch them because, like, at the places where I buy donuts, obviously it's cash only, and like, so they still stay very, very low tech. But I didn't even know what the difference between Amish and Quaker is, and I just looked it up right this second and. Seems like Amish are stricter Quakers, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, like, we've had a few Quaker presidents. The one that I do know for certain was Richard Nixon. He was a Quaker. He was a Quaker, really? really. He, he was a Quaker. Shit. That's so, why the CIA took him out, man. Yeah. I, I think he was a Quaker. I, I know there's been at least one more uh, Quaker president, like, back in the 19th century. But Yeah, from my understanding, Quakers, uh, like, a lot of them are craftsmen. And they have like wood shops and stuff, but um, yeah, we we also and we'll get into this next episode. Um, but Long Island also has a lot of those like Quaker meeting houses. Like there's one in Farmingdale. You go drive past it, you're like, oh, that's how buildings from the 1600s. <laughs> and you're like, but have you ever seen anyone like going in or out of it? It's just always there. Well, that's because there's like a umbrella style silo below the actual building, and they're building like uh zombie viruses what, UFOs? And things down there they're that's where they keep the ufos no one's gonna look yeah yeah, yeah it's just a bunch so, of guys driving chevy malibus <laughs> by the way trev i i wanted to let you know i did decide to look up famous quakers herbert hoover was the other president okay. and um ironically james dean the actor was a quaker oh, rebel without a cause that makes sense yeah like the <laughs> Yeah, so there there's some interesting, and then apparently uh, uh, Thomas Hodgkins and Thomas Young, the inventors of the microscope as well, huh. they were Quakers. So I don't know how that all jives. I guess I'm just assuming they were more like Amish, but they clearly weren't. Yeah, no, so they were I, just bored and playing with microscope or with uh, magnifying glasses all day, and they were just like, yeah. "What if we do more?" Yeah, no, Quakers don't yeah. have a problem yeah, with technology up. that the Amish do. Um, yeah. So Quakers, uh, when William Penn Jr. got involved in Quakerism, uh, he was actually it was actually a pretty new sect of Christianity. The he was actually converted to Quakerism by the founder of the movement, a man named George Fox. And George Fox started Quakerism in the early 1650s, um, and he just basically started because he wanted an- another thing to be persecuted by the English Protestants. You know. I want to be I want to be cool, you know. Mm. Um, Willie Jr.'s conversion felt kind of like this. Like it felt like he was just trying to be a rebel and like a rebelling against his parents and society. You know, like when you you do stupid shit when you're young to like feel you're like you're anti-establishment type of thing. Um, yeah, you know when you meet a liberal arts degree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because because Quakers see my waste of money was going to Hot Topic and buying like an ironic T-shirt. Well, I had those. I, I sure did. 
I outfatted all of mine, or I'd still be wearing them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn it, Jim. Well, that's that's kind of like William Penn was rich. He was a rich kid, and it felt it very much felt from reading all of like the things about like the reasons why he converted to Quakerism. Quakers were seen as like rebels, you know. And so it, it felt very much like he was very established family, very Protestant family. It very much felt like a just a way to try to be like, you know, anti-establishment. Um, sure. And and as we'll see, the Quaker movement is probably one of the lamest ways of rebelling against the establishment. I mean, honestly, I think hippies are cooler than Quakers. And uh, 60s counterculture is probably one of the cringiest things in the world. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hippies are pretty awful yeah now i'm not gonna go deep into the weeds on like all the real finer fine details of because let me tell you this book went into everything about quakerism uh but here it is in a nutshell first of all the word quaker is originally a derisive term towards the followers of george fox people looked at them and they they were like, oh, those people are quaking by the power of God. Or they were like, they're quaking because they're so meek and weak and like they won't fight anyone. So they're Quakers. People who don't go to the gym. Yeah. No, these people, they're just oats. There's no protein in those oats. <laughs> <laughs> the original soy boys, yeah. if you will. Uh, <laughs> so- Sawyers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, the movement was actually uh, called the Society of Friends. Yeah. So if you meet a Quaker, yeah. they'll usually call them, say, hey, I'm a friend, you know? Um, they also mm. called each other children of the light. Very culty and weird and creepy. So rebellious. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, so coming out of all this violence that was the English Civil War that pretty much tore the country apart over religious differences, George Fox was like, I'm going to make a new group because the Catholics are getting all the attention now and I need to make something that's going to, you know, people also can hate. And uh, Fox's plan was to get rid of all the formalities of the Christian religion. So there were no churches. That's why they have meeting houses. There's no priests or pastors, no symbolism, none of it. Uh, The way that they saw it was that the light of the Lord lived within everyone and therefore everyone was equal before the lord so like they, there's no reason to have a somebody teach you about the light that's already in you if that makes sense um no <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say doesn't that kind of sum up my very limited knowledge between most Catholics and Christians or Protestants is that like Catholics, you have the whole Pope and all these clergymen and stuff. And with Protestants, it's like, no, you just just read the word and the words in the Bible. That's enough. Like, you know what God wanted from that. You don't need somebody telling you and donations and all. Right. I mean, you're right. I mean, that's absolutely what it was. And, And Quakers are technically Protestant as well. But they took it even a step further. They're like, we don't need a pastor. Like, we're just going to all meet up in a room, like folding chair style, like we're in Alcoholics Anonymous, and talk about how we're addicted (laughs) to the Lord. Hey, God's cool, right? Yeah. All right. See you next week. (laughs) Yeah, right? How long are you going to meet for? 
Well, that was a, trust me, this book went in pages and pages about how many times, like the forms they did, how many times they met at these meeting houses. And I was like, God damn it, this is boring. <laughs> I skipped all to it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, they would just sit around. There would be no pulpit or anything, no one teaching a lesson. It's just a group of people, real revolutionary stuff. Uh, so because the friends believe that all, and whenever I say friends now, I'm referring to Quakers because <laughs> there's times I'll be like, oh, William Penn's fr friend, <laughs> you know, it's like, no. Wait, it's so what you're guy. saying is William Penn didn't actually have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> he had to, he was so desperate for friends. He joined a group that referred to each other as friends <laughs> with an augmented meaning. Yeah. So everyone has friends. Great. So it's a fraternity. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it's a fraternity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least with like an actual fraternity, you could meet someone's dad who can get you a job and do shots. These people, yeah, and do shots and <laughs> there's a sorority point. and get in trouble and do all that fun stuff. These people, I mean, William Penn is the only guy whose dad could probably get anyone a job. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that's not good. No, that's not a good way to be. No. So, yeah, because these friends believed that everyone was equal, we all had the light of the Lord in us. That meant that they were complete pacifists. They refused to do any military service or pay tax to the military, because why should God's children kill each other? Um, they also did not believe in any formalities or authority, uh, because, uh, you know, like I said, everyone's equal before God. So, like, you know, like a... I don't know. The king is the same as the poorest person in town. How do they feel about driver's licenses? Hated them. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so, you know how we think it's kind of a modern thing right now with the whole like pronouns and modern cultural movement of people that are very self-involved and <laughs> want to be said different pronouns about them? Yeah. The cool people? Yeah. The educated so the Quakers actually started that all in the 17th century. This is not new. Oh. And I'm sure if you talk to anyone involved in a modern pronoun movement, they don't know this because they don't critically look at history. But <laughs> Well, they also they always reference uh, Indian cultures. Yeah. Which is like, you're retarded. They have a caste system. Like, why would you reference a culture that's <laughs> yeah. as gross as that for a case? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is an interesting fact. So... Do you have do any of you guys know another language? I mean, Tom, you've been studying Portuguese, right? And yeah, a little bit. Why? What do you have for me? Do, do you guys know What's any other test? languages? Are you going to go into how like Spanish is a very like gender based language? So like the Quakers can't like learn any other languages. Well, I uh, I was going to make the relation to Spanish as well. Like you know when we're in, when, when I learned Spanish in school, I know basically langosta. That's the only word I know, but um. There's uh and they tell you that Spanish in Latin America don't really use this, but there's like a formal and informal version of pronouns, mm -hmm. right? So you have like in Spanish you can say tu or usted for like a formal yeah. way of saying you. That's the same in Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. So English actually also had a formal and informal version of pronouns um when referring to people in the second person. So with the word you, they had the formal version and an informal version. So today, if you're talking to someone, you'd say something like you or your or yours. But back in William Penn's time, you would only say you 
if you were talking to someone who was superior or in a formal setting. So you'd call like a nor like to a noble or a father or a priest, you'd say you. If you were talking to someone that was your equal, say a guy you met down in the pub, you'd use the informal pronouns, uh, which were not you, you, your, and yours. They were thou, thee, thy, and thine. Um, and the reason why there's four is because there's a weird linguistic thing about nominative and oblique versions of you and you. I don't know, it's confusing. But there's a separate set of pronouns for... Okay. Yeah. So they made it more complicated for the scumbags. The, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They're like, yeah, because if, if you're up top, you're only talking formally. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So is it, Yeah, and if... Hmm. So if you're up top, though, then they always would have to designate everyone below them much formally with the thou's and Yeah, I guess that. if you were the king, you would only be using the thy... Uh, Thou, thee, thine, and thine. Because everyone's below you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's easy. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're referring to someone as thee, you're basically saying you're the, like, like you're not even a person. You're, you're just a thing. You're the. Like, so maybe that makes sense. I don't know. It sounds way too Right. Well, here's the scenario. So if you said, if you walked up to the king and you're like, yo, king, thou anus anus muncher take thy crown and shove it up thine arse you would probably get lashes and possibly imprisoned but if you went up to the king and properly said yo king you anus muncher take your crown and shove it up your arse you'd he'd probably just do it because you addressed him properly right <laughs> okay so you're saying the quakers were not into this well, Quakers and friends would just only use the thou, thee, thy, and thine for everyone, since everyone was lesser uh, than God. They wouldn't use you, your, or yours. So we actually adopted, English adopted the formal version. Yeah. Because everywhere else you go from, like, the Latin stuff, I mean, my father-in-law speaks five languages he's a nut he loves just like telling me all this crazy stuff and running circle but he anytime he's teaching someone anything or just wants to convey an idea he's like it's always informal just start informal because mm -hmm. no one ever in in brazil spain italy nothing is formal right so it is weird that we adopted that and then everyone else seems to uh, be a little more relaxed. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that y'all just chose the formal version and there's like, fuck thee, thou thine. Because <laughs> um, now we got use. Yeah, use. Use. Yep. <laughs> and y'all. Yes. <laughs> Y'all's a great word. Big fan. Y'all. So we can take. Well, in Philly, everything's just John. There, everything is related in some way to John, and there is no other word we need. Water, John. Yep. Really? <laughs> yeah, John is the ultimate. It's the describer of anything you want it. Like you know, like this John right here is pretty damn good. Like it. Like you could literally just be talking about any object thing as long as you generally go towards it with your finger or like. You're talking about it. You should know what it, where I'm talking about. Right. So if we were talking about a video game, in general, you're not going to really say for a person, but objects, uh, anything's a John. Huh. Really? I never heard that. Mm -hmm. No. 
Oh, yeah, you can yeah. catcall women by just being like, yo, look at the Johnny on that John. And some guy would be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, uh, that makes sense. The, uh, the city of brotherly love, it all makes lots Yeah, that John got jaundice. I mean, love these Johns. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we did come from the friends. Yeah. So, you know. True. <laughs> so we can tick off the whole pronoun thing of people not liking them. That's number one. Tale as yeah. old as time. Uh, the the second Damn one it. would be that, uh, and this is some really rebellious shit. They refuse to doff thine cap when greeting superiors. So, oh no shit. Yeah, you you were supposed to doff thine cap, take off your cap when you uh, met someone superior to you, and uh, they weren't going to do that. They kept their cap on. <laughs> did they in, did so, they invent that song? Um, my hat it has three corners. Because it sounds like a big fuss over a hat. So, like, uh, it's like, hey, take off your hat. The king's right there. Like, ah, see this hat? It's got three corners. No way I'm taking it off. You know that? (laughs) No way. You know that Fred Durst was also a Quaker because he never took that red cap off. That's smart man. (laughs) Smart man. Now, the final nail in the coffin for everyone not liking Quakers was that they refused to swear an oath. So this kind of seems kind of stupid nowadays, but like back in the day, it was a really important part of business and government that you would swear an oath or pledge fealty to your Lord. Um, you know, this wasn't just in like a court where you, you know, I swear to God to tell the truth and all the truth, whatever. But like it was in business and all this stuff. Like if you wanted to make a deal, you had to swear an oath. And they were like, we don't swear an oath to anyone besides God. And they would refuse oh. to do it. They wouldn't just be like, oh, whatever. It's just dumb words. You know, they'd be like, no, I will not do that. Hmm. So like you said, they definitely rebelled. They were very particular on what they rebelled mm-hmm. against. Lame, like like, like Billy <laughs> Penn. But uh, yeah, they stood their ground for that particular thing. So it's interesting well, the, yeah well, i mean on top of all that and i said that was the nail in the coffin but quakers lived very pious lives so therefore uh, you know both of our podcasts are fucked because there's no no sw- fucking swearing no boozing no whoring <laughs> you know none of that stuff fuck Damn. this is what rebellion is when you have no black people around to hang out with like if you just want to piss off your parents that's all you have to do but like back then you're like i will not oath to you sir <laughs> Isn't it funny watching 20-year-olds be in their teens forever, and then 30-year-olds are also in their teens? Just watching perpetual <laughs> teenagehood. It's like, all right, then. Oh, shit. It's funny to rebel against drinking. I always found that to be the most interesting one because just back then especially, like part of the reason why beer was so popular was because water was such shit, and it was the only clean source of drinking you could yeah. actually have so you had those low percentage ales where it's like yeah that or just drink the probably diseased well water that you're about to slurp down so people yeah. still eat taco bell and they, it's the same effect of stagnant shitty water so <laughs> <laughs> how dare you sir uh so right. so they're, they're they're extra boring yeah we've uh i feel like we kind of yeah. went into this early having that understanding and now we definitely have that understanding. Now we kind of know this is mm-hmm. how Willie's living his life. And I'm, I know we've gone quite down a tangent on Quakerism, but if we remember, Willie's not responding to his dad, and he's in jail, 
And why is he in jail? It's because uh, the Protestants went after all the Quakers in this Irish town he was in uh, at their meeting house and said they were doing riotous and tumultuary assembly, basically starting a riot for like talking around like God's sick, right? Yeah, dude, God's sick. <laughs> um, that that gives me a funny idea. We should um, we should swat a church. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. I mean, not me, but like for, you know, the the very informal we as like anyone who's listening to this. That might be fun. <laughs> See how it goes. Yeah, someone here has to hang out on 4chan. They have to know a guy who does it. Yeah. Or know, Kiwi Farms or something. But also, don't tell me who you are. I don't actually want you to do this, wink. But <laughs> could be fun. Yeah. I don't think anyone well, would get hurt What are you going to do? Say that like, there's a kid being raped in there, and they go, yeah, I know. And then nothing <laughs> happens. That kid's my son, and I put him there. <laughs> That's what they'll say. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> So that's what happened. They got basically uh, somebody on 4chan came after the uh, the meeting house, uh, and all they went after all these weirdos um, because they you know they were Protestant, but they're pretty much like Catholics, you know, weird. Yeah, all the Irish people running there. Everyone, get down and don your caps. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> we never have. We just like God. Now. Drink your yeah, fucking now, beers. Now, Penn was not too bothered by going to jail. In fact, he wrote, him and 19 other friends went to jail. In fact, he wrote that he was actually happy that he went to jail because now he was officially a Quaker. It was like his initiation into the cool kids club. Tough guys. Yeah. They all sat around there like, one of us, one of us. <laughs> now, in order to really become one of us, Penn, when he was released from jail, he solidified his coolness with his friends by throwing away his wig, as the Quakers saw that wigs were vain and unholy. So he took his cap off and threw away his wig. Um, he, 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 don he donned Just like his M13. Cap yeah. He da donned his cap quickly. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Kept it on there. I snuck the wig out. Well, Travis, you, you mentioned he had some, isn't wasn't the number one reason back in the day that those wigs were style was because of smallpox and like gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny because the Quakers were not about wigs, but the next day Penn went, ran out to the store and bought a new wig because he had con since he contracted smallpox, he had prematurely went bald. So he's like, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look cool by throwing my own wig, and I'm going to go out and buy another wig. <laughs> wow, you know, when you threw out your wig yesterday, I didn't know you had this uh, luscious uh, powder <laughs> box <hair>. under there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's really amazing. Well, not that I'd ask you to don your hat or anything, but, you know, I like to see it sometimes, so keep it up. Now, uh, you see, Willie Jr. really didn't need to earn any money. He was a spoiled rich kid, so he just started to travel around with... Uh, the Quakers and advocate for the cause. And how did Willie Senior take his kid getting wrapped up in this new blasphemous sect? Well, not very well. Uh, Willie uh, Willie Junior's mom wrote him saying that his father would kneel down and pray to God that William might not be a Quaker nor go to any more of their meetings. <laughs> I think the first request implies the second. Yes. Yeah. So. 
Little Please, little... God, not a Q slur. Please. <laughs> uh, oh. Things eventually came to a boil when Willie Jr. came home to see his mom and dad, and he failed to doff his hat to his dad and address his dad in the formal pronouns. And his dad said, enough, take your clothes and be gone from my house. And he also told him that he was cutting him out of his will and ending his monthly allowance. Good. (laughs) Good for him. Well, Willie Jr. said, that's fine because I'm above worldly possessions thanks to the Quakers. And he walked out. Do you guys ever like notice that only rich people talk about how money doesn't mean anything yeah yeah yeah, course, right yeah it is very strange <laughs> it's it's like they never had yeah to the internet that. always yeah. tells me like, money just... doesn't equal happiness but i don't know <laughs> yeah well magic <laughs> it seems like all those poor youtubers who become millionaires are pretty happy yeah so it's weird it's... how that works yeah <laughs> i think i think once you clear seventy thousand dollars a year it makes a Big difference. Yeah. You don't even need the million. Yeah. But, you know, the guy is like, I don't know how much money I have. I just know it doesn't mean much to me. And uh, you should cheer up, man. Yeah. Cheer up. How annoying. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's all about the grind set. You know, right? Um, so. That's what Andrew Tate yeah. taught me. God bless. <laughs> Dude, talk about premature balding. Oh, jeez. You seen his head? <laughs> he does look funny. He looks like um, the the pictures BBC was putting out of him and his brother coming out of that jail. They looked like monkeys. It was fun. They looked like uh, like actual Planet of the Apes monkeys. It was hilarious. Yeah. I think he needs to get a wig like William Penn. Come on. That would be pretty cool. Uh, so, so a lot of older... Biography. So interestingly enough, when I first decided to do William Penn, I picked up a book and I didn't realize that the book was written in 1902. Uh, and I was like, this is probably not the best source. Um, but a lot of the older biographies talk about William Penn, uh, how at this period of his life, he lived in poverty, much like Christ, you know, living with no money amongst the Quakers. But recent historians have discovered the accounts of Willie Sr. And then about a month after this argument, he continued to pay Willie Jr. a monthly allowance. So he was pretending to be poor the whole time when he was still receiving tons of money from his parents. Awesome. Um, He would also renege on cutting him out of his will, as we'll see. So Willie Jr. becomes somewhat of a Quaker celebrity, and he's traveling around the British Isles. He's uh, sticking it to the man by not doffing his cap to officials. And, uh, you know, once he was actually locked up for a failure to not doff his cap, he was put in jail for a few nights. Um, But, yeah, him and his Quakers were constantly going in and out of jail. It was like this big optics thing, Um, you know... uh, there was a big fight um, within the Quakers on whether or not they should report um, marriages to the government since it's not really their business. And the only one that like certifies a marriage is the Lord type of thing. This is kind of like those mm. inner workings that I read about. I'm like, this really is stupid. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Um, William Penn Jr. did a uh, Quaker tour of the Netherlands. Uh, where he helped set up new meeting houses and spread the faith. 
This relationship with the Dutch is one of the reasons why there's Pennsylvania Dutch, is when he set up, when he eventually sets up the colony, a lot of those Dutch Quakers came over. Ooh, birch beer. Yeah. Ooh. I actually just Damn made delicious. my own butter today. I got a little butter churner. What? Why wasn't that how your week was? Because <sighs> I ate it already. <laughs> Oh okay. <laughs> you wouldn't have to tell that part. And how now did you do it because you see videos of how easy it is to do it or were you How's just that, that bored? How's that bored? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he just read 4000 like pages of like Quaker tradition. He's like Jesus fucking Christ, this is so much better. <laughs> I just wanted to see how they had fun. It's living history. Uh so um yeah, like I said, they're good. The book goes on and on and on about reforming. There's a big thing about how William Penn is so influential because he added the second meeting time for the meeting hall a month, and you know, we would not have Quakerism without him or whatever. Fuck that. We wouldn't have thought to meet twice a month without <laughs> yeah, him. Right. We would have never thought of that. <laughs> Uh, he feel he he he's reminding me just like the way he carries himself. He's like a less pedophilic William S. Burroughs. Yeah, kinda. I see that. He's just a rich kid who's getting thrown into a scene, and everyone's like, "This guy's so cool. He doesn't give a shit." In reality, he's like, "I don't have to. I got a lot of money. I got so much money. It's <laughs> so cool." <laughs> uh, so in 1670. Willie Jr. was taken to court by a London man named William Mead, who was pissed that he was preaching on the street outside of his linen shop. Willie Jr. was out there saying, you gotta become a Quaker, dude. It's so great. We churn butter. We don't take our hats off at all. Uh, and this guy was pissed. He's like, get away from my shop that sells tidy whities Get out of here. Um, so this was a massive case. Uh, news, you know, the massive case. All of the news were talking about it. That's just how interesting the times were. Some crazy person on the street talking about some new religion. And we're going to report about it, and everyone's going to be thrilled to see the outcome of this. Now, William Jr. did all the typical persecuted religious things. He refused to eat and drink while he was in confinement. Uh, boring, trite. It's been done. <laughs> Old. Yeah. Uh, Willie, Willie Sr. and his wife, who were quite well-to-do in the London scene, tried their best to avoid their chatty friends um, uh, as their son was such a fuck-up. And also, people were starting to accuse Willie Sr. of embezzling funds during his time as an admirable. At admiral. <laughs> why do you keep saying I don't know why. You keep saying admirable. Admirable. <laughs> the admirable yeah. admirables. So anyway, the hey, could you imagine he's he's going out to the opera house, the old English opera house, the new globe that they've erected with with poor people money, and he's sitting there with his friends. Just I heard your son was a gay. <laughs> oh, I'm in a Quaker. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, what's the difference? And they all laugh, but he's like crying inside. You know, he's like, yeah, his son's kind of whatever. <laughs> No, he's cool in his religion. Trust yeah. me, it's it's not as bad as it looks. He's fine. He's gotta he's gotta hold on. He takes off his hat sometimes. 
<laughs> One day you'll see. One day. <laughs> so anyway, this case was very long and drawn out, and uh, Willie Jr. had been writing uh, constantly to his father while he was in jail. I don't know why, because he never his father never responded, but he's like keeping him up to date about how everything went. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't think he was really expecting letters back. Maybe this was... A lot of times people wrote letters just so it would be like documented. You know, even if the person wasn't going to necessarily care, you know, like a lot of soldiers on tour would like write their experiences down. Not so much to say, tell their loved ones about it is more of like a way to document what's going on. Really, they knew that like a lot of people in the past knew that Ken Burns like or some kind of entity like that would yeah. exist and would need these letters. Um, Someone some would invent the slow dissolve transition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's how history will be told on PBS. Yeah. One day there will be Netflix and PBS, yep. and you will look at me and go, thank you. So, <laughs> thanks for these letters, man. I was able to draw this one out for 30 seconds. So the jury came back, and they're like, William Mead, the linen seller, is a dick, and Willie Jr. is not guilty. But the judge was like, who was very anti-Quaker, he was like, yeah, right. He totally is guilty. So he fined the jury and sent William back to jail. <laughs> and the reason why he sent him back to jail is because he failed to doth his hat at the beginning of the trial. <laughs> yes. That's but imagine awesome. just like going to do, do jury duty and you're like, oh, this guy's not guilty. And then like, no, you're fined now. That's wrong. Yeah. Wrong answer. Go home to jail. <laughs> yeah. You're all so wrong. You're fine, and he's going back to jail. And it's your fault. Yeah. We're getting a new jury, and I hope they do the same thing as you, because this is fun. So uh, Willie Jr. is going back to jail. A friend of his came up to him, and he's like, hey, your father's not doing too well. Um, he's kind of He's probably going to die soon. Uh, so some of the friends, not his actual friends, his friends, uh, paid a fee to release William from jail and William rushes home to his dad right before he's about to die. And Willie Jr. said his dad's last words were this, Oh, England, great plagues are at thy door. God has forsaken us. We shall be destroyed. Um, now Willie Sr. almost certainly did not say that. I mean, you can already tell because he used the pronoun thy for uh england yeah <laughs> but what was true was that willie jr if he wasn't rich already now he was a very 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 rich quaker and he was beginning to shift his eyes to the west to the new world a world where quakers could live in peace and not have to doff thine caps or so he thought and next week, we will talk about the actual colony, and we will talk about Pennsylvania. Uh, but I really wanted to lay the foundation of what made this guy tick and how much of a weenie he was. <laughs> oh, good. A rich, religious pussy. Wonderful. Yeah. This explains a lot of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I, I feel like his dad's last words in reality were something like, why don't you take off that? Do it for dad. Just once. Just once. I, know, I, see once I never better. see it with a woman. <laughs> I should I should have I should it should have been you, not Richard. <laughs> Richard would have got married. I would have had a daughter in law named Sharon. 
<laughs> yeah, so he, at this point, wait, so he's, it's 1644 is when he's born, and 1670, how old is he at this point? 30, 26. 26? Still not married. 26. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, back in the day, you got married Dude. very early. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to have a 10-year-old son by this point. Yeah. He's almost dead at yeah. this point, really. Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, he survived the plague, and he survived the Great Fire. You know, this is why I kind of saw him as a Charlie Brown or just, like, Doug or someone that's just in the wrong place at the wrong time, just very meek and, you know. Well, he he really wasn't, because, like, he wasn't in London when the plague was happening. That last big old plague. He was in London One, for the two. He wasn't in, oh, I he wasn't he in wasn't London there. for the fire. Oh, the fire, right. Yeah, he was traveling around, uh, hanging out with Greeks, getting his ass shaved or something. (laughs) Right? That's what they all did. They started in Greece, right? He's like the original Kramer, or like me, failing his way into success. It's weird. (laughs) Falling up. So, yeah, thanks for for joining us, guys. I'm excited for next week when we actually get to really dig into how philadelphia was founded and and let me tell you that is a story (laughs) so oh i believe it um but yeah thanks for coming on guys i can't wait to talk again next week thank you as always for having us on thank you yeah guys are always welcome yeah and always welcome why don't you give another plug for anyone that's made it through this uh quaker fest uh, sorry, Quaker. Anyone that's a Quaker listening, I probably don't listen. They're not listening. Yeah. None of them are fun <laughs> or even smart or any of that. Yeah, and come on, we <laughs> or they're just in there going. And come on, we we've, we've constantly <laughs> talked shit about Protestants and Catholics. It's you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's kind of the show. Sure. I mean, you have to understand at this point. <laughs> but yeah, for all the plugs, uh, Twitter at a beer in a game, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitch, uh, drink a beer and play a game. And we have the Power Hour podcast, which comes out every Friday. Uh, go to any of our socials, you'll find the links there. If you try to just search by that name, it's terrible SEO for any 5,000 fucking beer podcasts that happened during COVID. So they, uh, they all popped up with the same name at the same time. We were there before them, so fuck <laughs> them. But yeah, yeah, hit our socials and you'll find us. That's right. Oh yeah, brothers. Yeah, and now. even if, even All if right. you're not s- super into video games, I'm telling you, I tune into you guys. I mean, I am pretty into video games, but <laughs> your game. But like, I tune in just to li- ha- listen to these guys bullshit because it's it's a lot of fun and it's like it's like joining your friends, you know? It's for like a drink. Second that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Bring bring a couple yeah. oat sodas, as yep. Tom would say. Bring them oat sodas. <laughs> That's what we're yeah, doing. We have been told it's like hanging out in a bar with your buddies bullshitting, and it's also been told, do you guys like each other? Because all we just kind of do is get drunk and argue <laughs> with each other. Like two old women. Awesome. That's Basically. Right. <laughs> all right. And if but you... yeah, thanks again, guys. Yeah, of course. Uh, and if you've been listening this far, and you're not a Patreon member, Roast Mortem cast, uh, patreon.com. Tom, I'm rubbing off cast. on if you. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's going real yeah. bad. Well, probably you should go to Roast Bottom Cast. Let's Twitter, bring it up. Let's do it like at the same Quaker time. Roast Bottom Cast at Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Roasters. Is roastmortem.com slash Don the Hat. Yeah. And uh, give us the money. <laughs> and if you don't, who cares? That's your problem. Watch Travis play with crayons. That's what you yeah. get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go to roastmortemcast.com if you want to see merch that Travis has designed and buy it. 
And also, what socials are we actively running at? The moment? I don't know. You guys should just like talk about us on TikTok. It's really the only <laughs> platform that matters yeah. nowadays until it gets banned. I guess so. Yeah. Travis does a great do job with the Instagram. I don't do anything on Twitter. Yeah. So just go to Instagram. Travis's uh, thumbnails are very fun. Yeah. They're good and they get a shadow ban because there's peepees and boobs in them sometimes. Yes. So, but that yeah. is history. Exactly. There would never be history without big old cocks and vaginas. So, come on down. Thank you, Shane. Thank everyone. you, Shane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.